Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the My Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. He's a sports editor. Great. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers... Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself and asking <laughs> if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. You know, of all weeks for my internet to go out, it's the week the Bears finally get me excited about their quarterback. I had a really fun interview I was going to play live. So we're going to do this. This is the podcast version of a live show. So I'm going to simulate a live show on today's podcast just for the sake of normalcy and my routine. So welcome into the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. And yeah, this is a little different. We're going to go ahead and see what happens because I was really excited about going live and talking about the Bears' new quarterback. As you heard in the intro, they traded up to draft Justin Fields. Yes, Justin Fields. The Bears traded up and got a really, really, really good quarterback. Now, let's break this down here. Yes, Bears fans still have the memory from 2017 when they traded up with the 49ers and selected a kid named Mitchell Trubisky with the second overall pick. Ryan Pace has learned from that mistake, and instead of trading up for Trey Lance, who I think is Trubisky 2.0, I'll talk about that later on in the show, they traded up and got the guy who was projected number two overall at the beginning of the college football season. Now, I don't know why he slid. I think Zach Wilson just did better in pro days. I still don't know why Trey Lance went ahead of him. But either way, Justin Fields is a special talent. He can pass. He can run. He fits Matt Nagy's scheme. And I think having Nagy bring in his own quarterback. Now, I know Nick Foles is considered Nagy's guy. When I say his own quarterback, I mean a quarterback who fits the system like a glove. He throws a great deep ball. He can use his legs. He can think on his feet. The one thing that he struggles with, and the one thing that worries me, is his progressions. But either way, I think the combination of Nagy and Andy Dalton, and even Nick Foles if he sticks around, I think Justin Fields is going to be just fine. And on top of this, now, they didn't just get a really good quarterback. They got an offensive line, or they got offensive line help around him. Tevin Jenkins is a beast. 
I mean, this is this is a podcast, so I, I don't have the FCC regulations. I mean, that guy is a certified badass. Like, that guy, I mean, his, some of his quotes in the, the press conferences with the reporters, he's a beast. And they got another offensive lineman from Mizzou. I think Ryan Pace was really smart in this draft. I know Pro Football Focus gave him an A plus for this draft. Bears fans are excited. I remember sitting here calling for his head, calling for Nagy's head after they lost to Detroit. And here we are now. And what does this mean for the future of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? I will talk about that in the second half hour of the show because I have to get to this. This is the reason I want to do a podcast of this too. I had a great conversation this past Saturday, May 1st, with Cameron Crutwig, Loyola men's basketball legend and diehard Bears fan. So here's how this all went down. I'm working at the bar during the draft. The Bears take Justin Fields, and I'm celebrating. I'm excited. I'm thinking, I want to talk to Crut about this. So I shoot him a message. I'm like, hey, you want to come on the show this week? He's like, absolutely. Let's set up a time. And we talked football for a little bit. I asked him just a couple questions out of the gate. And then we talked basketball. And it was a really fun conversation. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So without further ado, here is my interview with Cameron Crutwig. Really excited to welcome in the man himself, Cameron Crutwig, to the program. Crut declared for the NBA draft a little over a week ago now. And he's also one of the biggest Bears fans I know. So we're going to talk football because I love talking football with him. Crut, first of all, congratulations on everything. Thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, what's up, Nick? Uh, thanks for having me on, man. You know, me and you go way back. You know, ever since my freshman year, you were with the Phoenix and stuff. So it's uh, it's good to kind of get back and uh, talk a little hoops and, and some Bears. So uh, let's do it. Well, we're going to start with the Bears because I'm really excited. I haven't really had a chance to talk about it yet since it was on Thursday, and obviously the show is on Sunday. Were you as excited as I was when you heard Justin Fields was selected? Yeah, I mean, I was watching with my dad. Um, I- Obviously, when when they when they tra- traded up to what was it eleven or something, I, I had a feeling they were going to take a quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was pretty hyped up. Obviously, you know, I think uh, I think it's ex- exciting now. You know, the Bears are kind of back. Um, you know, there's a lot of buzz and everything. You know, we we had the twentieth pick and it was kind of like, okay, we're probably just going to draft a, a lineman. And there would have been some buzz with that, but uh, definitely not as much as there is now with, with trading up and, and getting field. So I, I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be fun, um, you know, just kind of get the city going again. There's nothing like Chicago when the Bears are, 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 are good. And, I mean, 2018 was, was a great year for the Bears and the Ramblers. But, uh, you know, just when, when the Bears are clicking, the, the city just seems to be in a, in a better mood. Now, I, I do have to ask you, because I'm going to make you the resident draft expert for a second, who did you want them to take? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like we hit, hit a lot of our needs. We've got a quarterback. Uh, we got some, got some linemen up front. Um, uh, obviously, you know, we, we dealt with a lot of injuries on the line last year and a couple guys were banged up and kind of had a, a misfit crew some of the, some of the year. So I think it's, it's good to just get those guys, uh, some, some, you know, some guys up front. Um, even if those guys don't play right away, kind of develop them. Or I know we, we'll have some other guys that are back from injuries. So I know Daniels got hurt last year and, and some other guys. So, yeah, it, it'll be good to get those some new guys and, and just uh, get them in the system and get some big guys up front for sure. 
I'm looking forward to talking hopefully more football with you here down the road. I just wanted to get that out of the way first because that's been the big news in the city, it seems like. Oh, yeah. is, holy cow. But now we got to talk about you. Um, like I said, you declared for the NBA draft. You're going professional. Have you had any time to reflect on the last four years? Uh, I, Yeah, I think uh, kind of last week. I uh, was kind of my last week up at school. Um, you know, I, I was – talking with austin our, our video guy austin hansen who does kind of all of our video stuff and um you know i kind of told him like hey you know i kind of want to kind of want to you know cap off my career here at loyola with a, with a little video just to kind of you know say a proper goodbye and stuff and and uh yeah it, it turned out really great i uh that was kind of i kind of had the guys over um when austin sent it to me i think i got released on a thursday wednesday night i had some of the most of the guys over or anyone that could make it to, to my apartment, me and Lucas's place. And, uh, you know, just kind of watched it with them for the first time. And, and that was a pretty cool moment. And then, uh, you know, then kind of Friday was on and, and, you know, over the weekend. And then now it just kind of feels like, um, you know, that, that chapter of my life is kind of closed. Obviously I'll have the relationships and everything with all those guys forever. And, you know, I still talk with them and, and everything, but, just the the feeling of you know me needing to be at, at Loyola and, and around the campus and stuff. I feel like I've kind of just kind of at peace with it. You know, I'm at peace with everything that happened with, with what we were able to do and, and the, the the friendships and bonds that I was able to, to build. And and now it's just time for the next chapter. And and uh, you know, all the guys are supporting me. I support them. Uh, I'll be up there in the summer just you know to play and and to get better and, and stuff. But yeah, right now I'm just kind of at home, just kind of going through the next step in the process, just working out, um, just trying to get better, you know? You know, I vividly remember, and I don't think I've ever told you this, that I did an interview with Coach Moser for an article. It was the day after your, I was at the sectional championship where you almost put up a quadruple double. I think that was the yeah. sectional championship when you almost did that. I interviewed Coach Moser the next day, and we talked about it. I mean, it was just before the interview, just small talk, you know, off the record. And now you're in conversation with Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson, Hersey Hawkins with your stats. Did you ever expect that when you committed to Loyola and signed? No, you know, I don't think anyone ever expects that. Um, you know, I, I definitely had big hopes big, uh, you know, big vision coach had a big vision for me here, but, um, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, you got to work at it. You know, I've got, I got my body in great shape. Um, you know, I, I got better. I learned a lot of stuff. I mean, I came in knowing, knowing a lot of stuff, but I still learned the game, learned the college game and, and learned coach Moser's system, the loyal away, the culture and everything like that. And, and at the end of the day, you just got to buy in and, and believe in what the coaches are saying and, and not just Mo, coach Moser, just all the coaches, uh, you know, I had a great relationship with, with a bunch of the coaches, you know, flash and me are, are, are very similar competitor type guys. Um, drew obviously who's now, you know, the, the, the head coach, they're in great hands. Um, you know, just, just the bond that we were able to build with, build with all those guys is great. And, um, you know, we, we, as stuff was going on and we were, you know, doing everything we were doing, it wasn't, it wasn't like we had planned like, oh, we're going to do this. or we're going to go to the final four. We're going to win this many Valley championships. But as it was happening, you know, we, we believe that we could do it. We believe that we could do it every time we stepped out of the floor. We believe we could win. We believe we could compete with anybody. And, uh, you know, we were just a tough nosed group for sure. 
a big topic on the show in, in the last month, really. I, I didn't expect to ever be talking Loyola basketball like this through April, and now we're into May. But the program has seen a lot of changes over the last month, including between Coach Moser going to Oklahoma, Drew getting promoted, you declaring for the NBA draft. How has the last month with everything been for you? Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind, obviously, when Coach um, made that decision to go to Oklahoma, and he, he gave us a – he Zoomed us, and we kind of – you know, he was out in Oklahoma, so it was, it was a little difficult. I know he wanted to do it in person, but uh, just with the way everything was going, uh, he kind of Zoom called us and, and just told us. And, um, you know, I don't think any of us, you know, have any ill will towards him or anything just because, you know, he, it's something he had to do. It's something that um, – you know, it was a great opportunity, kind of hard to pass up on. And I think that's kind of the general feeling in the Loyola community is just, you know, you thank him for his, for his time here and building the program. And, and I'm just happy they kept it in the in-house with Drew, uh, keep the culture the right way. Um, yeah, so that, that was big for me. And then, uh, yeah, just, yeah, like you said, it's just been a pretty exciting time for Loyola basketball. Um, just got some great commitments, some guys coming back. So, yeah, it's definitely a good time. Did that have anything to do with your decision? Because obviously the, the quote-unquote free year, the free COVID year, uh, the other guys took, and like I said, you're going pro. Did that kind of impact your decision at all? Uh, No, no. I don't think, you know, if Coach would have stayed at Loyola, I still believe that I would have I would have gone and, and played or, and, and, and tried to go pro. Um, you know, I just feel like it was my time. Uh like you said, all the accolades and everything, the success that we've had, I just felt that as if it was just just time to do it. It was time. Um, you know, my name's hot right now, especially after that Illinois game. Just just felt like it was time for me to do what I had to do, do what's best for me, and, and um, yeah, just move on. You know, let's talk about that Illinois game. Because, like I said, this is the first time I've really talked to you in, like, it's been at least a year since COVID the last time you and I have had like even a conversation one-on-one. How is it, how was that game for you even in the moment after the moment? Like that's just, that was an insane game on your part and the team's part. Yeah. I mean, once we, once we saw that, um, you know, that they were the one seed in that bracket and and we had a feeling that we were going to, we were going to go up against them. Um, You know, the NCA wanted a big story, big storyline, you know, just because, Everything that happened, no tournament last year, two in-state rivals type of thing. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think we, we were, you know, whenever you play one seed, you're not just going into the game thinking, oh, you know, we're going to win this game. You know, obviously, you're, you're the underdog. We're, we were the, what, eighth seed, but but it wasn't, we were never intimidated. We were never, um, you know, we played with the chip on our shoulder. I think you could see that in the first five minutes of the game. I think we got out up early on them, um, defending, being physical, um, you know, when you when you're watching film on them and and stuff leading up to the game, uh, you know they're a really good team. You respect them. Um, they look really good on film. Transition was it was a huge key. And, and when and then when when we got onto the floor during warmups and stuff, it, you know, it just kind of felt like another game. It felt like we can go out here and we can do this thing. And especially within the first three or four minutes of the game, we just we were really confident, playing really well, and, and we kind of controlled the whole game and. It was the, the guards really did their job, and, and like you said, uh, you know I, I had a good game, and, and some other guys really really stepped up. And I mean, we really won the game on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, it, we only had like four four shots in transition. 
Um, you know, they only scored 58 points. So, um, yeah, defense was definitely key in that game for sure. You know, I live in central Illinois. I'm sort of giving an idea. If you don't know where my hometown is, I'm about 45 minutes north of Illinois State. Okay. So I'm in prime Illinois fighting Illini territory. Yeah, and I, sure. I work, I work at a bar in town, just, you know, got to make a little extra cash, you know, and I, I, I deal with a lot of Illinois fans and let me tell you, your name came up a lot with that matchup with Coburn. And it is just awesome to see. Cause I remember when people would ask me where Loyola was and here they are, they're like, yeah, wow. How about Crutwig on Coburn? Cause they like people, they were being cocky and everything like typical meatball fan. I think they were joking, but your name has come up a lot with those fans. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I knew coming into the tournament, um, you know, I, we never want to look overlook anybody. We definitely didn't overlook Georgia Tech. We knew they were going to be a good team. But, um, yeah, we def- I mean, I for sure, and I know a lot of our guys kind of had that game circled, that Illinois game, just because, you know, it was a chance to, to be on the big stage and compete against, you know, one of the best teams in the country and, and show what we can do, show what we've been working for. And uh, we, we came out. We, we did it, man. I mean, we were all juiced up, ready to go, ready to play. Um, you know, we, we all felt as if, hey, we should have been recruited by Illinois. We were good enough players to play at Illinois. And, and uh, you know, they just they just didn't, you know, give us the time of day and to recruit us. So we kind of came into that game with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder. And, and that's how we played. You bring up a great point about overlooking opponents. Coach Moser talked about it in the press conference. I mean, it was every press conference the last four years when it came March Madness, NIT, March Madness, whatever one game at a time, one opponent at a time. People didn't believe me when I said that was your mentality because I remember it in 2018 during the Final Four run because I was there with you. And that's that's exactly how he was. It wasn't just coach speak. He actually meant one game at a time, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, he kind of got like a broken record in, in the postseason, man. He, he, <laughs> every press conference, the same questions were asked and the same responses. Um, you know, just because you just, you just can't do that in college basketball because – you lose your focus for one game and a guy gets hot or you let him get going. And it really, you know, spells trouble for a lot of people. And, and that Georgia tech team, a lot of people, you know, overlooked them. You know, everyone was saying, Oh, that matchup with Illinois is going to be great. But, but that Georgia tech team that we beat, that was a good win. Um, you know, I didn't, they played a lot of zone. They played a kind of a junk zone defense, which is, which is tough to handle. I mean, they, they were one of the hottest teams in the NCAA um, they, they had won the ACC tournament. They had, they had won a couple games in a row, I think eight of the nine, nine games or something. Um, and, and they played this zone, which was, which was tough. We'd never seen something like that before. Um, obviously, you know, their, their best player was out with COVID, which, which, um, as a competitor and as a, as a competitor, you, you never want to see the other team's best player go out, especially a guy that I was going to match up with, um, in Moses Wright and, and everything. So that was, that was kind of a bummer, but, you know, they were still a good team. They went small ball. Um, definitely not the, the best game for myself. Obviously, just the matchups weren't there. And, I mean, Lucas really, really brought us home, and, and the guards really played well against that zone, and they forced us to shoot, and, and we made shots. So that, that was a big-time game. And then, obviously, that Illinois game, um, you know, we were, we were ready to go for that one. But, yeah, that Georgia Tech game, we'll, we'll get a, as the years go on and, and as everyone will remember that Illinois game, but people will definitely forget about that Georgia Tech game and, you got to get to the first one to get to the second one. Talking with Cameron Crutwig on the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM. All right, let's talk about the future. I first want to talk about your future. 
What's next for you in the NBA draft process, in professional opportunities? What is your next step here now that you've signed with an agent? Yeah, so, um, you know, I signed with an agent uh, recently this week. Um, just just going through my options, trying to, you know, I want to play professional basketball at, at, at some level. So whether that be the NBA, overseas, um, from what I'm hearing right now is that, you know, overseas seems to be a, a pretty good fit and, um, you know, my style of play would fit in well over there. Um, but but the, the ultimate goal for me is the NBA. Um, Trying try to make play at the highest level you can. Um, I feel like I've, you know, made a name for myself in college. Um, when, I, when I first came to college, the questions were, is he going to be athletic enough to play? Is he going to be able to guard ball screens? Is he going to be, you know, he's a little undersized. And, and um, you know, I, I've answered those questions throughout my whole career at Loyola. I've always played my, my best games against high major dudes, against bigger, bigger, faster, stronger guys. So, um, you know, it, it's it's nothing. Nothing changes really now. Now the questions are: Can I shoot? Can I defend? Am I athletic enough to play? So, you know, I, I got to go go and prove myself again, and, and that's something that uh, I've been working at. I've been working, you know, three times a week now, um, trying to get my body right, trying to get 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 my shot going. And, um, you know, just, just, just working at it and see where it can take me. Your agent also represents uh, Marcus Towns and Dante Ingram. Uh, how are those two guys, obviously familiar faces from your early career at Loyola, how are those two guys going to be resources going forward? Have you talked to them at all? Yeah, I, I've talked to them. Um, you know, I, I don't think that those two guys being with, with uh, Keith, who, who, who I signed with Keith Creeder at Edge, um, you know, those two guys being with him really – had no effect on on um, you know if I signed with him or not. Just because he represent uh, represents two Loyola guys doesn't mean that I was um, you know favoring him or, or anything. I, I really came into into this process with an open mind, with a with a good you know. I, I wanted to get my information, wanted to get you know. I, I met with a bunch of guys, whether it be Zoom in person. I really wanted to do my homework on this process, and and in the end. Uh, excluding all that stuff with, with the Loyola guys and everything, um, you know, I, I just came down to my own decision and my own conclusion that, that Keith would be the, the, the best for me. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of a bonus now that, that I get to, you know, work and, and be a part of the same place as, as some guys that I've already played with and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I, I was texting with those guys, you know, what do you think about, about the, the agency and stuff? But Ultimately, in the end, it, it, it was it was my decision and, and uh, me and my family, and, and I, did, I did what I thought was best for me. And now let's look at the future for the Loyola program, which you are now an alumnus of. What do you think is in store for the Ramblers with, you know, Lucas, Keith, Tate, and Ahir coming back along with these recruits and Drew's promotion? Like, I want to get your thoughts on what's next for that program. Yeah, um, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, they're in really good hands. I think. I think Drew brings. You know, Drew's the youngest head coach in college basketball. Twenty nine years old. I think he brings some some new blood, some some life. Um, obviously, Coach Moser was was had great energy, great passion. But um, you know, now Drew gets to kind of run the show and, and run things his way. And it might be a little bit different than Coach Moser, but it, it might be a little better. It might be a little worse. Who knows? But um, you know, I really think the guys are really going to buy in and, and really, really really believe in what drew's talking about and and most of the stuff is is going to be the same you know the culture is going to stay the same i don't think that that there's going to be this big shift in in the way we do things and it's always going to come down to competing and everything but 
you know, uh, the offense might be a little bit different. The, you know, the defensive scheme will be the same. Uh, it's just because that's what's proven to work. Um, you know, I, I know Drew's going to have really high expectations of these guys, just like Coach uh, Coach Moser did, and that's never going to change for for anybody who, who's who's a coach of Loyola. So I, I'm excited. I know I know some of the guys are excited too, just to just to get a, a different perspective. And obviously, you know, Coach Moser, we all appreciate his time here at, at Loyola, and we, we enjoyed it. But um, you know, he he's moved on, and, and now it's time for the Ramblers to move on too. So. I think I think they're in good hands. Like I said, I, I'm I'm really happy they kept it in house. Um, you know, definitely didn't want someone coming in, uh, trying to switch the culture up, and and you know, kind of throwing away everything that we've built here over the last four years. And and um, you know, I'm definitely definitely happy with that. And, and at the end of the day, um, you know, it's going to come down to the, the players, the guys, the guys buying in, working hard, everything, um, following what the coaches are are teaching. So. Um, yeah, they're in a really good spot right now, and and you know, like you said, most of those guys are coming back. Um, I'm I'm the only guy that's that's actually leaving. So got a lot of talent, got a lot of uh, young guys coming in. We got some transfers, some Ivy League guys, and and we got some guys that have transferred away. Um, you know, Cooper, Capus, Pax, a couple Big Frank. Um, you know, some other guys that felt like uh, it was their in their best interest to kind of go and, and and go somewhere else and. You know, I wish those guys a lot of success, and um, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it'll, it'll be a little bit different of a team, but uh, I think they'll, they'll be good. And man, the Valley's going to be, be tough next year. I've been talking with, with a lot of people, just, you know, all the Drakes coming back, Missouri State's coming back, um, you know, AJ Green and, and Northern Iowa Fife is coming back. So it will, it will definitely be a good season. The Valley Hoops, and, and wherever I'm at, whether it be overseas, NBA, G League. Um, I'll definitely be be keeping up with the Valley for sure. Well, you almost answered my next question. Assuming it works out, will we see you in Gentile Arena as soon as we can have fans back in? Because I know I'm going to try and go. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it might be hard if I'm out in Italy or France or something to get to a game. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm in the States and, you know, they're having fans up there and everything, it'd be great to get back in Gentile. I know I know, my dad and my brother are 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 – missing ramblers basketball and they've already told me that they they want to get to games and, and everything so um yeah i know uh i'll be around i'll be a face of the program obviously i'm proud alum man and uh i'll be up there in the summer working out with the guys every once in a while I'll come up and play with them and, and everything so I, I know they'll be working up there and and hopefully i'll be able to catch a couple games but uh right now you just you just never know where i'll be at so i would love to especially when my playing career is done and, and I'm, you know, hang up the, the shoes. I'll be at Loyola games all the time and, and uh, you know, just, just a friendly face to everybody. Are you going to be a harmonica player after your career is done? Is that kind of what I've gathered? Uh, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not the best harmonica guy. You know, <laughs> I just did it for fun, kind of a thing to – honestly, it was a – I had played a while and, and a lot, and I kind of really – I was in peak form uh, during – the bubble and everything but um you know i, I don't know uh, i've not i'm not i haven't practiced in a while and i've gotten pretty <laughs> rusty but it's just something fun to do for sure <laughs> hey last question for you before i let you go and you've been really generous with your time is the mustache sticking around that's a very important question to ask <laughs> yeah no it's got to stick around I, I think i'm contract uh obligated to to have it stick around <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, no, yeah, I think I'm going to keep it around. Uh, just some fun again, man. I mean, the, the, all the stuff that's come out, the crud stash and everything, 
um, it, it's, it's been great. It's been cool. It's been fun to just kind of play around and have that interaction with the fans and, and everything. And, uh, you know, it's just part of my brand now, part of my personality and, and everything. And hopefully I, I can add some, add some stuff to it and try to get a little thicker, you know, get it, get it, get it growing a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think it's here to stay for a while. And, um, yeah. You want to get like Raleigh Fingers level, or do you want to get like Walt Frazier level? No, not Walt Frazier, not, <laughs> the, not the top. But uh, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see where it takes me. And you know, one day I'm sure I will shave it off. But I'll see where it takes me for now. And uh, you know, we'll just we'll just let it ride for a little bit. Well, Crut, like I said, man, thank you again for the time. This was awesome. And, I mean, if you ever want to talk ball again, wherever, whether you're in the States, overseas, hit me up. I'd love to have you back on the show because this was really, really fun. Yeah, for sure, Nick. Um, you know, I appreciate you, your time at Loyola, um, just just writing articles about us and stuff. Uh, you know, you were you were one of those guys that was at all the games before we before we really got hot. You know, I can remember you sitting sitting uh, courtside and everything at, in the, at the uh, scorer's table and stuff. So, um, I appreciate you, man, and, and um, you know, I'm proud of you. You, you kind of moved on in your career, and that's, that's the exact thing that I'm trying to do. So, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, wish a lot of success for you, and, and uh, yeah, we should do this more often. Maybe once once or twice a month, we, we get on and, and talk some bears and stuff. And when the season really gets going, uh, you know, I'll I'll be around. So uh, just let me know, and and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. If you ever feel the urge to start a podcast, you, you got a co-host waiting for you. That'd be a lot. Of, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, I actually, I actually do think. Uh, I might get into the podcasting scene. Uh, you know, I know uh, my buddy Will, uh, one of our one of the walk-ons at Loyola, Will Alcock, is you know one of my best buddies on the team, and we we really grown grown close over the years. And he was he was talking about maybe doing a podcast uh, wherever I end up, like a what like uh, with him and me and him just kind of talking about you know the blurs and, and the bears and stuff, and just kind of having fun, maybe once or twice just to give the fans, you know, the, the, the fans just kind of where, where I'm, what I'm up to, what I'm doing and, and an update on the guys. So we'll, we'll get something figured out and it'll, it'll be a good time. Now that would be a show you and will having a podcast. I can only imagine it. <laughs> well, Crut, thanks again, man. Take it yeah. easy. All the best to you. Appreciate the kind words as well. All right. Thank you, Nick. How can you not love that guy? I am so glad I can call him a friend. I've known him since his freshman year. I love telling this story. When I first saw Cameron Crutwig on campus, I was on the intercampus shuttle going downtown to class. It was like the first or second day of classes. And as I'm sitting in the back of the bus, Christian Negron, who's 6'7", and Crut, who's 6'9", walk on the bus together. And I just look and go, holy crap. I love Cameron Crutwig. I wish him all the best. I meant it when I said I wish him all the best in whatever's next for him in his professional career. I am so, so happy he had some time to come on the show in his busy schedule getting ready for the NBA draft and to go play in Europe. And I was serious. If he ever wants to talk football, I told him this after we were done talking yesterday. If he ever wants to talk football, hit me up. Like, I would love to have him on as, like, a regular guest on the show. So thanks again to Crut. That interview is posted on the interviews feed of the Sunday Sports Shootout podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I uploaded it from my phone because, again, internet issues, which is really fun. But I want to talk Bears now because this is the main reason I wanted to do a podcast version of the live show. 
because I was so excited to talk about this. The Bears have a quarterback that excites me. They had a good draft. They drafted two really good offensive linemen. It was as good a weekend as you could hope for as a Bears fan. So now, the question is, what does it mean for the futures of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? I will say this. You don't draft a guy like Justin Fields if you're only going to be there for a year. Because the plan right now, and Pace has said it, Nagy has said it, the plan right now is to develop Fields behind Andy Dalton. Now, this sounds similar. This sounds really similar to 2017 when Ryan Pace came out and said Mike Glennon is the starter. Well, after four weeks, Mitch was the starter. I don't know if history is going to repeat itself in that regard. But I do know this. Andy Dalton has a chance to be the Bears' Alex Smith. And what I mean by that is Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes by learning under Alex Smith. That year, he spent as a clipboard holder under Alex Smith and then working out in practice made Patrick Mahomes the quarterback he is. Alex Smith took him under his wing and turned Patrick Mahomes into the MVP and Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender. Andy Dalton has a chance to do that here. Now, I'm not saying Andy Dalton's going to do that. I'm not saying you're going to get Patrick Mahomes, because I think it's safe to say you don't find many like Patrick Mahomes. You find, Patrick Mahomes was a diamond in the rough. He wasn't Deshaun Watson, who everyone said would have been the home run pick. And who's the one I advocated for? Who And rumor has it he's not going to play this next year after everything that's gone on. I've heard Adam Schefter report that. But getting back on topic, Patrick Mahomes is a generational talent. I'm not saying you're finding a generational talent. I'm not ready to say that yet. Because the dra- he was just drafted, Justin Fields was just drafted three days ago. I'm not ready to say he is in the same category as Patrick Mahomes. What I am ready to say is that Ryan Pace might have saved his job. He might have. He had a really good draft. And it was one of those things I went into the draft. I told you I was working that night. I went into it and I even posted on Facebook saying that I was working. Saying that Ryan Pace is probably going to screw it up. He didn't. I was really happy with the haul. So if you missed it, here are all of the Bears picks from the 2021 NFL Draft. We had the aforementioned Justin Fields, who was their top pick 11th overall. You had Tevin Jenkins, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State, who again is a certified badass. Larry Borum, 5th round, offensive lineman out of Missouri. Khalil Herbert, running back, Virginia Tech in the 6th round. Daz Newsom, great name. Wide receiver out of North Carolina. I think he can be this year's Darnell Mooney. Thomas Graham, defensive back out of Oregon in the sixth round. And finally, defensive lineman Kyrus Tonga, which is a really fun name to have to say, in the seventh round. Now, let's get back to Daz Newsom real quick. Just because I brought him up and I figure I might as well explain my logic here. When I say he can be this year's Darnell Mooney, I think he can be this year's receiver, fifth, sixth round, that turns into a good wide receiver. Darnell Mooney was a fifth-round pick last year. 
and turned into a really good selection, really good player for the Bears this season. He ended up becoming the number two wide receiver under Allen Robinson when Anthony Miller decided to do Anthony Miller things and just get ejected and not play up to his potential. Darno Mooney stepped into that role, and he's become a building block for this Bears team. So I think Daz Newsome can definitely do that, especially watching what he did at North Carolina. I think he can be the sleeper pick in this draft. But the big focus is obviously on Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, two offensive linemen. And I want to say, I've read on this, I want to say Jenkins will be the left tackle because Borum has never played left tackle. I think that's going to be your left and right. Either way, much needed offensive line help. And again, that's Ryan Pace learning from his mistake. You can never have enough offensive linemen. And I think I think Ryan Pace is finally realizing that. Is it too little too late? I don't think so. Because Ryan Pace has gotten chance after chance after chance. He's like a cat. He's got, you know, nine lives. And I think he's finally putting it together that he's made mistakes. He can learn from it. And I think he's at least earned himself another year in the eyes of the McCaskies. I think that's where we're at. I think both Pace and Nagy have at least another year after this year. Now, this is not defending the decision to bring them back. I want to be perfectly clear. It should not have had to take draft day and putting more trust in them to develop Justin Fields to flip on this, to get us to say they have one more year at least. I still think they should have cleaned house after this season. But maybe Pace has redeemed himself. But the question now, do you trust him? Do you trust Ryan Pace to make the decisions going forward and put together a winning football team on the field? No, but maybe is my answer. Now, and again, that's kind of a cop-out, but here's, where, here's my reasoning. Because like I said, he's learning from these past errors. The Trubisky pick was bad. We can all agree on that. Not drafting a quarterback every year was not a good move. He needed offensive line help the last couple of years. He hasn't done it. He's finally getting offensive line help. He's got his coach. You've got to remember, when Trubisky was drafted in 2017, John Fox was the coach. Dowell Loggins was the offensive coordinator. It was not a good system. If Patrick Mahomes would have gone into that system as a rookie behind Mike Glennon, he's not Patrick Mahomes today. That's how bad it was. So that situation, I don't know if you can judge that. But now, with a guy like Justin Fields going into Matt Nagy's system, which relies on a mobile quarterback who can think on his feet, surround him with weapons, give him an offensive line, I think you can maybe, maybe start trusting Ryan Pace a little bit. I'm not giving him a lot of rope. Just a little bit. I think it's enough to make a difference. Now, do you trust Matt Nagy to develop Justin Fields? I had conversations with people at the bar Thursday night, knee-jerk reactions. One of the guys is a 49ers fan. He's like, I'll take Shanahan over Nagy any day. Nagy can't develop a quarterback. You saw what he did with Mitch. I'm like, okay, let's step back a minute. You heard what I just said about the situation Mitch came into as a rookie. Let's look at Mitch's career in Chicago. Four years he was in Chicago. Year one, Fox and Loggins, terrible. Behind Mike Glennon, that year was bad. I really, did, I remember I've even, I've even said it on this show that I consider Nagy's first year Trubisky's first year. 
So year two, learning Nagy's system, and that was a winning year. That was a good year. So he had a year of a bad system, a year of learning a system, and then year three, he just lost it and couldn't put it all together. I don't think that's on Nagy. Personally, and I don't usually say this, I think it's on Mitch. I really think Mitch didn't have it to adjust to Nagy's system. It just, Nagy has high expectations for his quarterback. It's an Andy Reid system. I know people are out there saying, oh, so you need Patrick Mahomes to run that system effectively? No, not necessarily. You need Patrick Mahomes to run that system to turn you into a machine. You need, huh, a guy like Justin Fields, maybe, to take that system and turn you into a contender. I'm not saying the Bears are going to be the Chiefs. I don't, I don't want to go out and say they're going to be this machine that scores every time they go down the field. It makes you want to take the over on every game. It makes you want to take over 343 passing yards from Justin Fields like you do for Patrick Mahomes every game because it's going to hit in the fourth quarter, in the early fourth quarter. I'm saying Nagy has a quarterback that he can develop from the start. He couldn't develop Mitch from the start. Now he can develop Fields from the get-go with a guy like Andy Dalton. And I again, I don't think Andy Dalton is a quote-unquote good quarterback. I still say that. I would have much rather Alex Smith not retired and instead come to Chicago and mentored a guy like Justin Fields. But I respect Alex Smith's decision to retire. I personally think he should have after the knee injury, but still, what a great story last year. He's not going to come back for one more year just to be a mentor to this kid and then leave. No, I respect the decision, but you needed a guy like Alex Smith. If I had to choose between the two, I'd take Alex Smith over Andy Dalton. But at the same time, Dalton's been around long enough. Has he won a lot? No. But he's been around long enough. He knows the game. Maybe he can pass on some knowledge to Justin Fields. Now, the Nick Foles question right now. What happens with Nick Foles? I don't know. Is he? Are you paying $9 million for a third-string quarterback? Because if, if you trade all that for Justin Fields, and it was a hefty draft trade. It was a hefty draft haul the Bears traded to get Justin Fields. You're not getting rid of all of that for a third-string quarterback. Like, that's just not what... I mean, I would hope that's not the case. Again, this is where the hesitancy with Ryan Pace can come in. Did he trade that much for a third stringer? Or did he trade for a backup who can become your starter week eight? I would hope it's the latter. But again, given Bears fans, and they have every right to be a little bit, a little cautious with this, Bears fans could be under the impression that Fields will be the third string because you got to pay Foles $9 million. Or you can trade Nick Foles. What a concept. Trade Nick Foles. Honestly, at this point, if you can unload Nick Foles' contract, just do it. I don't know if you're going to get a sucker who can who can take that contract or who wants him. But if you can, cool. But that's the big question right now. I've talked about the Trubisky trade a lot. Can we please appreciate that the 49ers got absolutely fleeced, by the way? I'm having flashbacks here. So the, the 49ers, if you remember... And I'm going to look up the trade details just to get it right. The 49ers traded up in the draft. They traded up to number three to draft Trey Lance. Okay, here's what they traded in the deal with Miami for the number three overall pick. 
the 49ers sent the number 12 pick in this year's draft, a first and third in 22, and a first in 23. Just for the number three pick this year, and who did they take? Trey Lance, who has thrown the least amount of passes in college in the last 40 years. Less than Mitchell Trubisky. Less than Michael Vick. That's how few passes he threw at North Dakota State. He didn't play this year because the Valley Football League, the Valley Football Conference, excuse me, moved their season to the spring. So he didn't play his senior year. So he's got junior year to look at. And on top of that, Adam Schefter reported that the 49ers didn't tell anybody about that pick. No coaches, no scouts, no nothing. They just did they just made the pick. Ryan Pace did the same damn thing in 2017 with Trubisky. John Fox didn't know that Trubisky was the pick. Mike Glennon didn't know that his replacement was being picked number two. I'm having flashbacks, and I'm so glad it's not my team this time because I have been vocal on this show. If you've talked NFL draft with me at all, you know I was not at all impressed with Trey Lance, and I called him Mitchell Trubisky 2.0. There's a reason I tweeted out a laughing emoji when that pick was made because I was having flashbacks, and of course it's the 49ers this time who traded with the Bears for number 2 in 17 and they left all the way to the bank for Solomon Thomas, who's not even in the league anymore, I don't think. It cracked me up, and I'm so happy it wasn't my team, and I'm so happy it was my team that made a splash at quarterback by trading up for number 11 and Justin Fields. This is the most excited I've been about the Bears since the Khalil Mack trade. I mean, after that trade, all of a sudden I had, like, you know, a renewed fandom. I thought they'd suck, and... You know, they had a good year in 18. If it wasn't for the damn double doink, it would have gone even farther. But I remember after the Mac trade, I was so excited. It's very similar to what I'm feeling now. They got Justin Fields, man. It's just crazy. I mean, I see all the pictures. I'm thinking, that's my guy. That's, that's my QB right there. That's, he's on my favorite team. I've never been an Ohio State fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan at heart. My brother's a diehard Michigan fan. We do not like Ohio State in my house. But... We have a soft spot for Justin Fields because he played at Georgia, and my dad is a big Georgia fan. This makes me so happy that he's on my team. I can cheer for him on my team. I am so, so, so excited for what's next. I really hope he turns into the franchise quarterback that we Bears fans have been craving We thought maybe Trubisky could. I think I was delusional and thought Trubisky could turn into the franchise quarterback that we all wanted. Obviously, that didn't happen. And I think it was best for both sides that he goes to Buffalo, backs up Josh Allen, and can go win a Super Bowl ring. I will never root against Mitchell Trubisky. However, having Justin Fields now, Eddie Jackson, (laughs) Eddie Jackson went on an Instagram Live during the draft And he made the comment, we finally got us a real quarterback. It was awesome. Like, I wish I had the sound pulled. Go find that video of Eddie Jackson celebrating on Instagram Live during the Justin Fields pick. It's awesome. But yeah, he's right. They have a real quarterback. They have a dude. They have a dude. And Ryan Pace said that in his press conference, word for word. They have a dude now. That's what he is. I am so excited. Now, I was advocating for Mac Jones. I said it on the show that I wanted Mac Jones. Mac Jones went to New England, 
five quarterbacks picked in the first round, by the way, is insane. But I, thinking about it, Justin Fields fits Nagy's system better because he's more mobile. Mac Jones isn't very mobile, and I'm not sure how he can think on his feet. Fields, I trust his instincts. I trust his legs. I trust his arm. The only thing I don't trust is his progressions. Hopefully that'll come around. I know Nagy didn't seem too worried about it. Granted, he didn't seem to worry about it with Mitch either, but here we are. But yeah, I mean, what a draft. I really expected to come out here, you know, screaming into the microphone, setting the microphone on fire, angry. You know, I I didn't expect Ryan Pace to get an A-plus from Pro Football Focus. I didn't expect universal praise for this pick, for this draft. And I just saw an update from our guy Daniel Greenberg, Chicago Sports Updates. says, the Chicago Bears organization believes that the team can win 10 games this season with Andy Dalton. Do with that what you will. I would add on there with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields because you're going to, I think the two of them, I don't know if Dalton starts all year. I'm sure that can be the plan. I mean, if that's the, that might be the best plan from a developmental standpoint to have Dalton start all year and then have Fields learn under him, maybe get some garbage time in the year. And next year, Dalton's gone. Fields is your starter. I know Bears fans want Justin Fields to be QB1. I get that. Trust me, I do too. But you've got to think about developing him. You don't want him to jump in year one and struggle and everyone's coming after him like they did Mitch. You want to do this right. If you're Matt Nagy, you do this right. I think the right way to do it is have Andy Dalton start for most of the year, maybe not all of it, most of the year, and then maybe have Fields get some garbage time, maybe pick up a start at the Bears or out of the playoff hunt in Week 18, because Week 18 is going to be a thing now, I guess. You know, the 17-game regular season annoys the crap out of me, but it's a thing. So maybe have Fields start the last week if you're out of the playoff hunt. I think either way, the quarterback room got better. Bears fans are happy, which is very weird. I'm seeing praise for Ryan Pace on my Twitter timeline. I didn't think I'd ever see that. This was a good weekend. Now it's got to happen on the field. I can't wait for workouts, training camp, and seeing Justin Fields wearing number one. It came up on my Twitter timeline again. It feels so right. I did just order a shirt from my guys at Obvious Shirts, Soldier Fields. I loved it. I just ordered it. It'll be here this week. I'm really excited. And it's just good vibes all around is the best way to put it. And the big thing is it's not Trey Lance. I'm just so happy it's not Trey Lance. I really, I kept saying all night that they were going to trade up and take Trey Lance. When I saw him go number three to the 49ers, I literally started crying. I was laughing so hard. I hadn't laughed that hard in a while. And it made me so happy that it wasn't my team doing that. And people were joking that, you know, the Bears are going to trade up or trade their picks to Buffalo for Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm like, well, they can just trade up to, for Trey Lance at that point if they want Trubisky. Either way, what a weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about going forward. I cannot wait to see him put on the pads and throw in a Bears uniform, OTAs, training camp. I'll watch preseason games if he's going to play. I mean, my interest is renewed now. Now, it's got to happen. I don't want to be one of these guys 
that gets into these montages in five years about Justin Fields turning into a bust. I don't think that'll happen. I think he's too good for that to happen. But it can happen if you don't develop him right. Matt Nagy, do this right. Don't screw this up. That's the biggest advice I can give. Do not screw this up. This has been so fun. I'm really glad I did a podcast to this because the live show obviously didn't work with my internet. My internet has been spotty the last couple days. I thought it'd be straightened out by now, and it wasn't. But, you know, you play the hand you're dealt. And this was a lot of fun. And I'm really glad I could still do this. And this will be posted Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, I had good reception. I posted the Crutwig interview as I started recording this. I've so far had a good reception to it. And Cheryl Ray Stout, front of the show. I've had her on the show. Uh, you can check out her interview on this feed as well. Uh, when I had her on, she said, you should have Cam co-host a Bears podcast with you. Cam was great on the media Zooms. The offer's out there. I told Crut if he if he wants to talk bears on a pod if he wants to if he wants to just chime in on here the door's open he can hit me up whenever and I mean I would love to host a podcast with Crutwig I told him that was a serious offer when I said if he needed anything with podcasting if he wanted a co-host he's got one in me because that would be so much fun he is just a good dude like such a good dude and I, I really appreciate him taking the time out of his schedule because it's getting crazy for him with workouts and signing with the agent. I mean, he signed with, with Keith Crater over at Edge Sports, which also represents Marcus Towns and Dante Ingram. And signing with the agent, everything going on with his decision to go pro and not take the extra year for COVID. I, I'm really proud of Crutwig. It's been fun watching him go from the big guy as he was when he came on campus that freshman year, as I told you the story of him getting on the bus, to social media darling, one of Loyola's all-time greats, and hopefully a really good professional player as well. I hope he gets some NBA looks. I think his game fits more in Europe, is just my you know expert analysis here. But I, I'm really happy for him, and again, I wish him all the best. And I thank you all for listening. Thanks again to Crut for the time. I will see you back live next week on the Sunday Sports Shootout here on WLUW 88.7 FM. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, get the vaccine when you can. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week.